as an online business owner, we use all kinds of technology all day long. And I don't know about you, but Google tools are definitely at the top of my most used list. It's really easy to let things like our Google Drive get all kinds of crazy and unorganized. And chances are that you might be like me and not know all of the things that these Google tools can actually do to help us be more productive podcasters and more productive business owners. That's why we are joined by Adrian today inside of this episode. Adrian is a digital product specialist specializing in Google. As a Google for Education certified trainer and an ISTE certified educator, Adrian has firsthand knowledge of best practices for technology and education. Adrian helps teacher authors take their PDF products and transform them into amazing digital products through her bootcamp, course, and done-for-you services. She also helps clients use Google tools to create systems and organize their businesses. In this conversation, Adrian shares her favorite Google tools and tips for productivity. She also shares some tips for how podcasters specifically can use Google Drive to best organize all of their podcasting materials. And as a little bonus for you, Adrian created a free Google spreadsheet to help you keep your podcasting deliverables organized in Google Drive. Make sure that you check out the show notes for that link. Your podcast is a powerful tool that serves your audience and your business. But how do you manage it all, bring in new listeners, and convert those listeners into customers? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators. I'm Sarah Whitaker, classroom teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm here to help you get the most out of your show, all while making an impact on other educators. Hey, Adrian, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here today. I'm excited to talk with you. We Before we jumped on, just like so many people I have on the podcast, we've done virtual summits together mm-hmm. and talked online through email, but it's our first time getting to talk face-to-face. So very excited. So exciting. <laughs> yes, I know. It's so fun. So before we... We're going to be talking like all things Google today, which I know is going to be really helpful for people. And I've got some some great questions to ask you. But before we get into that, can you give everybody just a little snippet of how you got into this space that you're in now? Yeah, totally. So I have been in education for over 10 years. And most recently, before I decided to make this my full-time gig, I was an education technology specialist. And I just always was the techie one, you know, at school. I just always was the first adopter of technology, figuring things out, training my colleagues. And I became a Google Certified Educator in 2019 and then a Google Certified Trainer in 2020. And that was just kind of that aligned with, you know, COVID distance learning. And I was like, (laughs) okay, how can, what can I do with this? And I started to become a VA because everybody wanted their resources digitized. And so I slowly but surely just started specializing in digitizing resources and promoting just my knowledge behind Google. And the awesome thing about being a Google trainer is that I have a community of Google trainers. So I have people to go to if I have any questions. So if I don't know it, I can find out someone else who does know it. And I just 
I'm a googly person. I just love Google and everything <laughs> it can do. So I've just made it my niche in the TPT space and just become the go-to Google person. Um, I refer to myself as your Google BFF. You know, I don't judge. Come to me with any questions. I'm here to help. <laughs> and I just really am passionate about bringing digital resources to our students and teachers and in an authentic way, in a way that it promotes collaboration, promotes real world learning, digital life skills. And so that's what I really aim to do through my work is not only help teachers and teacher authors feel comfortable with Google products and how to use Google products, but then also when digitizing resources, what is the best way we can do that that really is authentic for our students? Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is just, it's so crazy that you really got into this space like right when COVID happened. I'd imagine that you were very, very busy. What a great (laughs) niche to specialize in. I'm curious, is it a long process to become Google Education Certified? Yeah. So there's three different levels. So the first level is pretty easy. It's If you have a basic knowledge of Google, you should be able to pass it. It's a test that is, um, they just redid it where it's all like multiple choice or drag and drop options. They give you like three hours to do it. But if you have a basic knowledge of Google, it shouldn't take you three hours, but they give you a, a, a good amount of time. And then there's a level two exam, which is goes into more depth of all of the intricacies. And then that's kind of a similar format. And then with a trainer, you actually have to do professional development or trainings for anybody. It doesn't have to be just for teachers, but in the Google for education space. And then you have to prove to them that you've done these trainings. You actually have to do a training yourself and record yourself doing it for them. And then you have to pass another exam and then you're a trainer. So the first two levels are on the easier side. The last one's a little bit more rigorous. Yeah, that's I I feel like I remember my last couple of years of teaching, our tech person was sharing about how we could become certified. And I remember <laughs> looking at the different levels and being like, this sounds really intense. I don't know <laughs> if I could do this right now. <laughs> so it's kind of all coming back to me. But yeah, I'm so excited to talk about all of this. I am a huge Google fan as well. I mean, I use the Google tools every day, all day long in my business. I was a little bit thrown off by the Google Drive update that recently happened. Oh, I know. Yeah, the the, like... (laughs) So you, you go on in one day and the next day you're like, whoa, this looks different. <laughs> yes. And it sounds like so silly because, I mean, it's not like it was this huge change, but it was just funny to see how you react to such a teeny little adjustment. 100%. Did you know that that was coming? Did anybody know that that was coming? I, I don't think so. I, I knew more like I get some updates on like the functionality aspects of like this thing is coming to Google Classroom or this is something you can expect, but design aspect of it. No, yeah. I, no. I yeah. saw it kind of come out little bits at a time. I think I saw it on my business account before my personal or maybe vice versa. Google likes to do that rollout where some people get it and then other people yeah. don't. I don't know. I guess they yeah. can't just do everybody at one time. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It can't be easy. All right. So let's talk first about Google tools. What are some of the Google tools that can help us as business owners, help us be more productive? So I have three tools that are my favorite and my go-to, and they're probably the go-to for most business owners. I call them the trifecta. Um, So that's Google Drive, Google Calendar, and Gmail. So chances are if you use Google, you use those three the reason why I think they are the best for productivity is because A, they're the most used. 
B, they're also the most underutilized. There's so many functions in all three of those that really can help with productivity. And then they also work really well together. And so Google Drive, that's really our hub. And I also think that's the place that we don't give as much love to. I'm a Google expert and my drive is a mess. I think I spent like a day a couple of weeks ago, like color coding and getting it all pretty because I was like, if I'm talking about Google Drive, I better make sure my Google Drive looks good. <laughs> yes. Yes. I do that all the time as a podcast manager. I'm like, I need to practice what I preach. Like I know what right. I should be doing and I'm teaching people to do this. Now I actually need to do this. <laughs> So if your Google Drive is organized in a way that like really works for you, because there's so many different ways to organize it, you have to find your system, then you're really able to be super productive, you know exactly where your files are, if you're going to upload it, or attach it or anything, you know exactly where the folder is. So that is really where I say put the most love in. And then my number one tip is anytime you create a new document, whether it's a Google Doc, slide, whatever, go in and immediately put it in what folder you want it to be in. Mm. Because so many times we have either the untitled document that just kind of hangs out there, or we have like this list at the end of our drive that is just all these documents that don't have a, a home. And so if that, like if anybody can take away a tip from this, that's my number one thing to focus on. Give your things a home right away because chances are you're going to forget to do that later. Yes, that is such a good tip. I used to be so good at that. And the past few months, I've slipped a little bit. I actually went into my Google Drive earlier today and in I have like a business folder and then like subfolders. <laughs> and I've collected quite the uh, floating documents that are not in a folder and it's driving me crazy. So I need to dedicate <laughs> some time to that. <laughs> it's what, you know, they call it like habit stacking, right? You, yes. you title your title your uh, document and then put it in a folder and then get going. Yes. That's what I, at least I try and tell myself. And then with Google Calendar and Gmail, I mean, the two of those we use I, I, I know I use all the time. I'm sure you being a Googly person, you probably use your Google Calendar and your Gmail all the time. So I actually know that I am not using my Google Calendar to like its full capacity. So I would love to hear anything yeah. about Google Calendar. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. So for me, I've tried a bunch of different things, but I actually just keep one calendar that is everything. And even my home business, everything is on that one calendar. And then I color code it. And the reason I do that is because being a virtual assistant and working with clients, I have um, my my calendar system needs to pull when I'm available. And it can't really easily talk to a lot of different calendars. So if I have it in the one space, I use purple for personal, I use yellow for work, I use red for appointments. And then that way it's all in one place. And then I can easily just see at a glance, okay, this is what I have going on. And then find the view that works for you. There's a daily view, an agenda view, a week view, year view, a month view. And you can actually type on your keyboard W for week and D for day and Y for year. And it will automatically shift through all of those different views. Um, So you don't have to like go find the drop down menu. Just if you want to look at your day, just type D and I'll go right to D. So cool. I did not know that. Yeah. It's amazing in that regard because it's just all you have to do is just one little letter um and you can also create a custom view so say you're you know you only work a four-day week 
you can make a four day week view. And that's, I believe X on the view for if you click it on your keyboard, but that would be in your settings. So you could go in your settings and you could create the view that works best for you. So that's that's like my top, top productivity tip is color code. And then just figure out what view works for you on that regard. You can also add in other calendars. So if you have, you know, your partner's work calendar, your kid's school calendar, all those things, you can add those in and then you can hide them when you don't need them. We have a babysitter that comes and watches my son. So I have a separate calendar for her and I have it up so I can see her hours, but then I just hide it so that I don't see it all the time, but at least it's, it's there. So make it a hub for you. Yeah. And I think from a podcaster perspective, I think it's so important for us to have that calendar. And mm-hmm. and ha- I like the idea of having like everything in one, because especially if you are scheduling guest interviews, you know, you can use a tool like Calendly to schedule mm-hmm. schedule your interviews and link that to your Google calendar. Because so often we get in this like back to forth with people of like, are you available on this date? Are you available on this date? Am I available? I don't know. I need to go check like my 20 different calendars. So if you can kind of streamline all of that, it makes such a difference. 100%. 100%. And then also utilize the um, space up at the top for either all day appointments or like you can even add in reminders. So when you go in and make an event, instead make a reminder. And that could be remind yourself to you know, your episode comes out this day, or this is your work day for your show notes or something like that. You can put those in up at the top so they don't actually take up your day but they have a really clear visual reminder for something that you have going on. Yeah, great tip. And I've been I've been talking a lot about how we need to be like tracking our podcast stats every mm-hmm. month. So putting those routines that we want to get in the habit of doing like the first day of a new month, make a reminder for yourself. I love that idea of updating your podcast stats so that it's actually show it like popping up for you and giving you that reminder. Definitely. And then Gmail, it kind of becomes like Google Drive too. It can become, you know, just a wasteland of all your emails that aren't organized and whatnot. So find what works for you, but use labels and filters. That's my number one recommendation. You can set up different color labels for a variety of different kinds of topics. So you could do it for podcast guests could be one color or your calendar appointments could be another color or whatnot. And then you can go up to that top box where you would search for someone's email and then type in whatever you're going to want to search for. So, you know, I'm going to use Calendly as an example. So anytime a Calendly email comes in, you can set a filter to automatically label it and you can label it as, you know, Calendly, but then you can also tell it to do things like star it, Market is red, so you don't even see it if you don't want to see those emails all the time, but it's still there. You can skip the inbox so you can archive it. You can mark it as red. You can star it. You can apply a label. You can forward it directly to someone. You could delete it. Um, you can make sure it's never sent to spam. You can always mark it as important. You can never mark it as important. You can give it a category. And then if you set up a filter, then you can also apply it to past conversations. So it will go for everything going forward, but then everything that's like all of your previous Calendly emails will also get marked with this label. So you don't have to go back and figure it out. Oh, I love that. I need to set up filters. So 
if you set up a filter for, let's just keep on the Calendly trend, to have Calendly go into, like I have a podcast folder. So I could set up a filter so that when I get an email from Calendly, it goes straight into the podcast folder. So it's not like taking up space in my main page of my inbox. Yeah. And you, it might, depending on how you set up the filter, you could have it stay in your inbox or you could have it go to the folder directly. It depends on how you could have both. Um, And then you could also have it, you know, labeled blue. So then every time you see Calendly come up in your inbox, it's a blue label. So then it's a visual reminder for you too, that you see this, you know, it's Calendly. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Now, do you, when it comes to color coding, do you like have any correlation between Gmail, Google Drive, Calendar, (laughs) or is it like a different color coding system for each tool? It's kind of a different color coding because for my calendar, I have it basically like trying to divide between personal work and then appointments. And that's not really how I do my Gmail per se. And so my Gmail, it's like, my clients, my courses, maybe some of the other important emails that come in, like the courses I take. Um, mm-hmm. If I want to see that come in, you know, business credit cards, then I know that, you know, my statements yeah. coming in, something like that. So those are some of the labels that I have there. And then my Google Drive is also color coded, but it's more, for lack of a better word, to make it look pretty because I have different folders and then I just have given different folders the color. So I don't really have a cohesive system for me, but someone else might find a cohesive color coding system that works for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love all of this. I need, I think setting up filters would be really helpful for a lot of us. I need to do that for mine. Mm -hmm. I know I have some people that I've talked to who maybe have a virtual assistant and they've Mm -hmm. set up filters. So like they have a folder and so it just like automatically goes in to the VA's folder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but with that full, that filtering, you know, if there's, uh, you know, every time you get something in that, you know, that needs to go to your VA, you can have it set up to automatically forward to your VA. So you can do something like that too. Yeah, that's great. Okay. You just gave us a bunch of tips for those three platforms. Do you have any other tips that you wanted to mention as Mm -hmm. far as productivity goes? Yeah. So back on the Google drive tool, My number one tip is to utilize shared drives and not too many people know about shared drives and shared drives is actually on a business plan. I highly, highly, highly recommend, and it's actually part of Google's terms of use that if you run a business, you need a business plan. So you Mm -hmm. should be running on a paid Google workspace, but there's different tiers. And in that, the second tier, which I believe is $12 a month, there's an option called shared drive. And what that is, is you're going to have a my drive, which is your, you know, your normal drive, but then there's going to be a shared drive. And that is great for VAs in particular, or other people you collaborate with on a, on a regular basis. And that just means that you both share that drive. You don't have an ownership over one drive, you both share it. And so what gets tricky is say you have your virtual assistant writing up your show notes in their drive, it's going to be under their ownership. So if they decide that they're going to no longer pay for Google, that they're no longer a virtual assistant, they're going away, then your show notes are gone. Even if they're in your drive, because they've shared it with you, 
they're the owner of that document. And so your your show notes are going to be gone. So if you get in the habit of collaborating in a shared drive together, you share the ownership of it, and then you can drag those documents from the shared drive into your own drive, and you become the owner of it. And so I don't think enough people in the TPT space in general pay attention to the ownership of Google Documents. But if you're the business owner, you really want to make sure all of those documents are your name in your ownership. And with the shared drive, I believe it's two terabytes of space. So you get a lot of space to keep those, um, not only the shared drive, but your own documents. So you could definitely host your video and your audio and stuff like that in there under that terabytes. But just pay attention to the ownership and utilize the shared drive. Yes. I Okay. This is so helpful because I need to start utilizing shared drives because I have, I have learned the hard way that when you work with somebody... And you create the folder for everything. If you no longer work together, it's a real pain mm-hmm. to transfer all of the documents. So this is super helpful. Now, do you, like for somebody like me, and I know some of the other people listening are service providers, mm-hmm. or if you're a podcaster who has contractors working with you, do you just have, like, can you have as many shared drives as you want? Like, would mm-hmm. you have a, mm-hmm. a new shared drive per client? Yep, exactly. I don't think, and this is something I can look into, I don't think there's a limit on how many shared drives you'd have. But yeah, I would have a shared drive per client or per virtual assistant. Or, you know, if you have a team of people, your whole team could work in the same Google or shared drive. And you being the owner of the shared drive, the one that sets it up, has to have the business account, but your other team members don't have to have it or your clients don't have to have it, but they will only, they won't see shared drive on their end until you've invited them to collaborate in the shared drive. They won't be able to start a shared drive unless they're on that business plan, that, that middle tier. Awesome. And then you said, so if you've got that shared drive and then maybe you part ways, or maybe it was just a short project Mm -hmm. or something, as long as you put the documents in your own drive, you'll have Mm -hmm. access to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. You can just, you can keep it at the shared drive, but you can also just, you know, drag and drop them over and you'll get a little notification that says like the ownership is changing or Mm -hmm. whatnot. And then you just click okay. And then you, you, it will now make you the owner of that. Awesome. I'm going to be spreading this news to all the podcast managers I know because (laughs) everybody has this problem. So thank you. (laughs) It's probably the best $12 a month you'll spend in my opinion, because it will save you a lot of heartache down the road. Yes. Oh my gosh. I believe it. Now this makes me think of a random question. Let me know if you know the answer to this. Okay. If you have, let's just say we're in our regular drive and I create a folder Mm -hmm. for like somebody on my team. Mm -hmm. So I create that folder, but then they go in there and create a document in that folder. Does that belong to me or to them? I believe it belongs to them. It's whoever originates the document. Perfect. Is who it belongs (laughs) to. So that's why you might look at it and you might see like a bunch of different names on the side. And that's because that's who has originated the document. But if it's originated within the shared drive, you're sharing ownership of it. So then you don't have to worry about that. Yes. Okay. Moral of this interview is to go (laughs) some Okay. So now we have two (laughs) tips to take away. (laughs) Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. Love that. Anything else you wanted to share? Just real quickly, I highly recommend using all the apps on your phones or your mobile devices because download the Google Drive app, the Google Calendar app, 
all of those, just because it's really easy to check on something on the go. Most of them work really, really well. There's some that I like the functionality of better, but the apps are really just very useful. So Mm -hmm. I would highly recommend the apps. And then two little known aspects of Google that I also like to mention is Keep and Tasks. Keep Mm -hmm. is like a virtual bulletin board with little post-it notes. And you can actually download a Chrome extension. And it's a great place to like store links or ideas or articles you want to refer back to. You can also collaborate with other people in Keep. So you can share a post-it note to share ideas. Um, You can save images. Think of it just as like an idea area, you know, just Mm -hmm. to brain dump things in there. And then tasks is Google's to-do list. And there it's on the sidebar of most of your tools. So you can access it through calendar, Gmail. It looks like a little uh, blue circle with like a checkbox in it. And you can create a to-do list in there and give your tasks dates. And then those will automatically go into your Google calendar too. Oh my gosh. So, cool. and you can give a, you can make a, a main task and then you can make subtasks underneath it too. You can make multiple lists. So you could have a podcast list. You could have a business list. You could have a, you know, all different forms of lists. And then there is an app for it as well. So you can have that to-do list on the go. Okay. I've heard a lot of people talk about both of those and I actually don't use them yet. And I was about to say, cause I'm, I get, which I feel like is not great, but I'm, I'm a, on a Mac and I use the, the notes, just mm-hmm. like the little notes thing. And that's where a lot of my brain is. But I was going to ask, is Google tasks and Google key better than notes? And it seems like the answer is yes. <laughs> If you wanted to integrate with some of the tools that you already use, then I would say yes, because I use yeah. notes all the time too. I work on a Mac and I have an iPhone. I use those all the time as well, but then yeah. they just kind of sit there versus if you want it to give you like a reminder on tasks, then, you know, or on your Google calendar, then it'll be there too. And then some of the other cool things you can do is you can actually like, you open up tasks next to your Gmail, you can drag an email over to the tasks. And then it will create a task from whatever email you drag over to it. So then you can, if there's a date in there, it'll automatically find the date. Like there's a lot of cool intricacies that you can do with, with that to just help you be a little bit more productive. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Thank you. Okay. And then lastly, since we are talking to an audience of podcasters specifically, do you have any tips on how podcasters could use Google Drive? And, I, and you've already mm-hmm. given us some really great ideas, but how they can use Google Drive specifically to organize all the materials that they have for all of their mm-hmm. episodes. So definitely think of your folder system. So have like a main folder for your podcast. And then, you know, I would recommend a folder probably for each of your episodes where you just keep everything together. And then if you get one of those plans, if you get the $12 a month plan, then you're going to have a lot of of terabytes of storage that you could definitely store your audio and your video in there. And if you just have it all in one place, not only can you have an easy place to go to, but then you can grab the links for those and you can use those to organize yourself. And one of the things that we were talking about before that I'm going to have for everyone who's listening to this episode is I've created a a dashboard for podcasters, the podcast dashboard, where you can then take those links from inside your Google Drive and put them into a Google Sheet. And then you can see all the links at one space. So rather than having to like, okay, 
episode 24, I need to grab that graphic or I need to grab that audio instead of having to go into Google Drive and then click all the different folders to get where you want to go. You can just look at this podcast dashboard and easily get the link of where you want to go. And then that can not only be links within Google Drive, but then you can also link out to, you know, your website or other links that you need to refer to often. So I'm going to get that ready to go for the listeners and have that ready for you guys. Yes. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. That's going to be an awesome resource for podcasters. If you don't already have some sort of like master podcast spreadsheet like this, you definitely will need to get this because so many times, even if you're, you know, sitting down to, to outline a new episode and you're talking about something that relates to a previous episode that you've done. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, you have to go and dig back and figure out what episode number it was. But if you have this master spreadsheet, you could do a quick search and quickly grab the link for it. Or if you need to re-listen to it, the audio would be there. So I love this idea. Same as we get questions from people. And if you have an episode that you could give them to answer that question, you could just head over to your master spreadsheet Mm -hmm. and your podcast dashboard and grab it and and go. So I love this. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. The great thing about this is that you can bookmark it. So it can be just right on your bookmarks tab. Oh, I'm also going to plug this. Use Google Chrome if you're not using Google Chrome already, Mm -hmm. because Google works best with Google. So your Google tools will always work faster and better in Google Chrome, just because they're designed to work that way. Um, so put it in your bookmarks tab. But then if you're using another platform like ClickUp or Airtable or Sauna or anything like that, you can link your, that spreadsheet within that project management system. So it doesn't need to you know, replace something that you're already doing. You're just having a, a hub that you can go to. Yeah, that is perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah. Lastly, I would just love for you to tell everybody where they can find you and connect with you after listening to this interview. Yeah, definitely. So I'm over on Instagram at your Google BFF and I share Google tips and tricks and um, digitization tips and tricks and things like that. Um, my website is adrianfarrow.com and that's where you can find out about my services. I do digitization services for teacher pay teacher authors. I do TPT store audits. So if you want an idea of what products within your store would be best to digitize, um, oh, I do cool. that as well. Give, yeah, give you five uh, products that um, I recommend you digitize and give you ideas how to do it. And then I also provide Google coaching. So that's a great um, way if you have like, I need help with organizing my Gmail, you can pop on with me for a half hour or an hour and I can help you work one-on-one with anything and anything to do with Google. And then I also have a bootcamp, the Google Digital, excuse me, uh, Google Digital (laughs) Product Bootcamp. Too many digital words in there. (laughs) It's a mouthful. I know. So it usually um, is once a quarter. So um, I don't have the dates yet for the summer, but it will come be up sometime this summer. And then I also have a larger course called the Digitize with Google Academy. And that just provides like a step-by-step direction of how to digitize your products. That includes a video library of Google tips and tricks. And then it also includes tutorials and templates for digitizing your products. Awesome. You have so many great resources. I love the audit service. I think that's 
such a cool service to offer. And I'm sure that's super helpful for people. So we yeah. will include all of the links in the show notes. And I need to, I want to do your next boot camp. I think that that would be yeah. really helpful to, to go through. Well, Adrian, thank you so much. This was so fun to talk to you. And thank you for all of your great tips. You're welcome. Happy to be here. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at Podcasting for Educators. I'm always looking for an excuse to talk about podcasting. If you're looking for support in launching, managing, or growing your podcast, check out my online course, the Podcasting for Educators Prep School at podcastingforeducators.com slash prep school. I'll see you here next time.